0: Hey, Jesus. Come well, on, good morning. Voice is still doing its thing. So here's the deal. It's about God's presence, not the presentation. Amen. Thank you, Sean. Now, I mean that too. It's about his presence. I mean, the presentation can get in the way of his presence sometimes, right? It's a bad presentation. My goal is to not give you a bad one, but to let God do what he wants to do. So I'm going to drink some honey water and some water, and I got cough drops in my pocket, and I feel great. I sound horrible. But what this means is you're going to have to talk a little louder. Okay? And, and I tell you what, man, I can just sense his presence in this place because we don't come to church just to hear an eloquent word, right? And we don't come just for the fellowship, which the fellowship is good but I'll tell you what, we come to church because Jesus is here, amen, and as we're sitting back, as I'm sitting back there waiting to come out here, it just, hit me like it's his presence, and our worship team, we have the best worship team I've ever seen, amen, so if you're not in his presence, it's your fault, amen, I told them last night, I sound like Barry White, I always wish I could sing, yeah, baby. Yeah. Come on now. Come on. That actually feels better when I do that. Can you imagine if I do that the whole time, just going to talk like that? You guys be okay with that? I don't know how it's going to go. It's going to be good because you know what? I-, I went to bed. I went to bed, was it Thursday night feeling great, right? And Pastor and his family, they're all sick. They're at home. So be praying for him. And then when he says, hey, Rob, man, you, you know, I- you're up. You're up. And I went to bed Thursday night feeling great and I wake up Friday with this in my voice. That just isn't a coincidence, is it? So I'm just telling you what, that man, the, the enemy don't want you to hear what you're gonna hear. Because here's the other part, last weekend, um, when Reggie was here, which Reggie killed it, didn't he? So you get Reggie, you get Pastor Jesse, which is phenomenal, and then you get me. Right? But it, 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 it. I don't know, that's why we need his presence, amen? But anyway, last weekend, I'm sitting there as Reggie's getting ready to start. And man, just God just dropped this word on me about restoration. And so the way he's done it for me in the past is he'll drop a word on me and then I just get it ready. And I know that he's going to use it at some point, right? So it's kind of funny when pastor on Thursday said, man, I, I don't know if I can do this, right? I'm really sick. And I said, it's okay. I think God's got this. He's like, but you don't understand. I've got a word. I got to preach. <laughs> it's so good. Like it, guy's burning in his heart. So you don't want to miss next week amen it's going to be really really good really really good but uh so forgive me for sniffling too okay i'm gonna sniffle and snot all over y'all this morning i don't have COVID either okay so you're fine in the front row right i don't have strep. i don't have COVID. i just have what this is whatever this is how many of you how many of you saw what's going on online like the, the the post about last year in review 2021 did you guys see that I just, I just got to take a minute and uh, and highlight that, that in 2021 we saw 1,300 new people come through the doors. 1,300. We saw 900 salvations. Come on, 900 salvations, man, that's insane. And we've started the year off already. We had six last night. Right? I mean, it's just nuts. Week after week after week after week. And I, can I just humor me for just a minute? This isn't normal. This atmosphere isn't normal. Week after week, we have new people that come in that say, man, there's, there's something about that place. I'm, I'm not making this up. They come in and they say there's, there's like a joy and a freedom that's, that's unusual. But you know, in 2 Corinthians, it says, where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. Right? So i'll tell you what it is it's not i mean you you all are awesome and we've got great you know staff and all that stuff but it's the presence of god that makes the difference and it's because the atmosphere has been created that people walk in and even if maybe they've gone to other churches and i'm not dogging them i'm just saying what we have here the spirit of the lord is here and then there's freedom and they see that so just don't take it for granted what god's doing 900 salvations uh we gave away three thousand nine hundred gallons of milk That's a lot of cow juice, isn't it? Wow. And we gave away 10,400 bags of groceries. And that was last year. We're not living last year. We're, we're heading into 2022, right? So in 2022, we're going to do all that. We're going to see more salvations. We're going to see more new people. We're also going to plant Adele. They, they, and Audubon. And Owen. One. Adele had a pre, pre-launch pre service last night, and uh, it was phenomenal. Pastor Sean, where you at, man? I don't know where he's at, but he's, he's phenomenal. He's going to be the site pastor out there. He sent pictures of it, man. God's doing an awesome thing out there. So you ready for 2022? You ready to sit down? Let me read our scripture. It's Joel 2.25 to 26 says so I will restore to you your voice everybody said amen Amen. Amen. it doesn't say that I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten the crawling locusts the consuming locusts and the chewing locusts my great army which I sent among you you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dwelt wondrously with you and my people shall never be put to shame Amen. Before you sit down, look at your neighbor and say, God will restore. God will restore. You see, God's in the business of restoration. Okay, I'm going to need more than, than Connor, amen, in this guy. I mean, I know I am not I ain't got you along on the journey yet here, but you've got to trust me. We're going somewhere right so god's in the business of restoration and god wants to restore whatever's going on in your life that that nobody's exempt if you came in here this morning god wants to do something in your life whether you're brand new and and maybe you don't even know christ yet or maybe you've been serving for a bunch of years there's stuff in your life that god wants to do and i believe that this is a word from god that he says i want to restore things in your life right pretty cool. The Spurgeon is known as the Prince of Preachers, and he did a little commentary on Joel 2.25, and he said this. He said, it will strike you at once that the locusts did not eat the years, the locusts ate the fruit of the years, labor, the harvest of the fields, so that the meaning of the restoration of the years must be the restoration of those fruits and of those harvests which the locusts consumed. You cannot have back your time, But there is a strange and wonderful way in which God can give back to you the wasted blessings, the unripened fruits of the years over which you mourned. The fruits of wasted years may be yours. God is going to give back to you what the enemy has taken. Amen. And it doesn't matter whose fault it is. It doesn't matter if it's your fault because you made bad decisions. It doesn't matter if it's just, it's just what happened. It doesn't matter if, if it's what somebody else did to you. i got a promise for you this morning that God's going to restore things in your life. You received that this morning? <laughs> Tell your neighbor God's going to restore the fruit that the enemy has taken. How many of you have ever done a restoration, like, a, like maybe a project, like restoring an old table or a house or a car or, or something like that, right? Well, many years ago, probably 14, 13, 14 years ago, um, we took on the restoration project for an old farmhouse. And this old farmhouse, it was, a, it was a, a farmhouse that had been in our family for a number of generations. And uh, it's where I grew up, as a matter of fact. And, and my wife and I bought that, farmhouse and, and it was about a hundred years old and we decided we were going to restore this old farmhouse and that sounded really exciting yeah. right but how many of you know when you start taking layers off old farmhouses there's stuff right like you wouldn't believe the stuff we found like like for example in the bathroom uh, this is this is wild is i'm going to date some of you but how many of you remember in the bathroom behind the medicine cabinet a little slot that said razor One, two, three. Okay, a few of you. Okay, I'll enlighten the rest of you. I I didn't really know what, I mean, I kind of figured what it was. Like it says razor, so I guess you put a razor in there, right? Well, as we tear the wall out, because we're doing this restoration, right? Pulling out all the old stuff, and we pull it out in between the studs, between these two by fours, the bottom is a pile of old razors. That is gross. (laughs) Who thought that was a good idea? Who thought when we're designing this, let's put a slot in the back of this medicine cabinet and let's put old razors in there because, because apparently 100 years ago, they didn't have trash cans, right. right? So weird. So like when we pulled down the walls next to the windows, these old windows, they had, um, they had pulleys in them. So the windows were wood and they had a rope that came down to them and a pulley that went around and inside the wall, there was a, a lead weight. Anybody ever seen those? Yeah. Yeah, so that was just kind of cool. Like you uncover all this stuff. But I also uncovered stuff like there was no insulation in some of the walls. What in the world? And, and the two by fours in the walls are actually two inches by four inches. They're called two by fours. We're getting chipped. You go buy one right now in Menards and it's not two by four. Right? I mean, it was just wild. Like I took out one wall where apparently there used to be a, a door. I didn't even know it. But there was a, an old framed-up door inside. There with insulation that was, that was moldy. Like, you never know that stuff until you start tearing off the layers, right? And, and during this restoration, we were tearing layers off layers and layers. And, and then I would try to put a new door in, an old frame, like an old opening. And, and, and the opening was like this, right. right? Because the old house had settled. Yeah. So like, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna put the new door in crooked? Are you gonna straighten everything up? What are you gonna do, right? And it just, it took way more time than I thought it was going to take. And a lot more money. I mean, a lot more money. My buddy's a banker, and he got tired of me calling him. I said, Jeremy, I need more money. And he goes, I told you you need more money. No, I mean, I need more money, like, than what you said I would need, man. Because it just takes time and money, right? And, you know, our lives are just like that. We start off, that brand new house when it was built 100 years ago was beautiful, wasn't it? It had state-of-the-art everything. It had slate siding on it, which is now illegal, right? I'm not even gonna tell you what I did with the slate siding. I don't know what happened to it, it just disappeared. But, But back in the day, that slate siding was the thing, right? And that house was beautiful and it was true and it was level and when they built it, they stood back and went, man, it's good. But over time, weather, storms, different incidents, settling, life happens. And same with you and me right i'm telling you who in here doesn't have some some stuff behind a wall who in here doesn't have some stuff that maybe like i went up in the attic and this was so cool there was still the old uh like tube and and wire like electrical wire which is scarier than all get out right but i found an old an old picture up there of like my great great grandparents never knew it was there black and white it's just so cool there's all this history there And you and I have all this history and and there's good things, but there's also bad things. Amen. There's nobody in here, man. I don't know everybody's story. I know several of you, but everybody in here, if we started peeling back the layers and taking off some siding or, I mean, I had four layers of shingles on the roof. Come on, people. That's not good. Some of you have layers upon layers. Some of you have old moldy things inside there that... You know, what? On the outside, like, I could have just taken new sheetrock and put it over that. Nobody would have ever known. But I just, I just didn't feel like that was the right way to do it. And this morning, I'm telling you, God wants to do something in you. He wants to maybe take part of that wall out. And he wants to get access to that thing in your life. And he wants to take that old insulation out of that old moldy stuff. And, and maybe there's a wall that's a little bit bent and you've just been hiding it and you've been putting sheetrock over it. And, and you just put, you keep painting it. Or you keep, you put you remember when we used to put wallpaper up to cover cracks and lath and plaster? Anybody old enough to know that? He wants to take that down and say, why don't we just fix it? Why, why are you doing that? You know, like, like pastor says, one more night with the frogs. We don't want to do that. So I'm telling you, today's your day of restoration. Today's your day. God wants to do a restoration in your life. I want to share with you a couple Bible stories of restoration. See, because since the very beginning, God's design or God's plan has been to restore his relationship with mankind. That's his desire. I mean, can you believe that, people, that God, the creator of everything, wants to have a relationship with you and me? And since the very beginning, that's been his heart is to trying to restore that thing that he created. Even in the garden, right, when it first fell apart, when he said, hey, guys, you can eat of every tree. Just don't eat of that one. And they did and he shows up and says hey where where are you at and adam goes "Hey, hey hey man i didn't do what the woman you gave me did i mean i i know all the wives are like elbowing their husbands right now but from the very beginning like right after that god's like okay i'm gonna make a way i'm gonna restore this i'm gonna restore this relationship and know i have to kill an animal and i have to cover their sin and and he had this plan like i'm gonna send my son as the ultimate restoration right it's just been god's plan all the way through creation all the way through humanity but a cool story to me is peter's story and you guys remember peter right like he was the disciple that was all in all the time number 10 i mean he was always there right i can kind of relate to peter like, man, if I see Jesus, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. If I see Jesus on the, on the water sometime and I'm out fishing at Big Creek, I'm running on the water. Or I'm going to sink, right? I mean, how many of you can relate to that? And, and you remember when, when Jesus was predicting or, or prophesying or telling him about what was going to happen about his crucifixion, he was telling the disciples, man, I'm going to go do this thing. And, and, and Peter's like, I'll die for you, right? And he meant it. He was He was passionate about it. But Jesus said, no, that's not going to happen that way. Actually, man, there's something in there that needs fixed. And there's some stuff inside you that you're actually going to deny me three times. You're going to let me down. You're, in my, actually, in my, in my most important moment, you're going to let me down. As a matter of fact, even before that, rewind. wine. Remember in the garden before he went to be crucified? It just hit me. Jesus said to them, man, I need you right now. Would you please stay up and pray with me? What happened? They fell asleep. I mean, they let their buddy down. Like, you ever been let down? You ever been let down? Yeah, like, I mean, it's like, it's like that whole thing that Jesus says we have to forgive. We have to forgive because somebody did something wrong to us. I mean, you guys ever, like, think about it that way? Like, like it's hard to forgive, right? Because the very essence of forgiving means somebody wronged you. Right. So oftentimes we put conditions on forgiveness. Well, no, no, you forgive because somebody did wrong you. Right. And Jesus like, that's just what he was. That's who he was. So anyway, in his worst moment, he's being beaten and Peter's over there denying him, Right. And so now we fast forward and Jesus is now resurrected. And, 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 you know, Peter, this is on his heart and on his mind. And and like, he's got to reconcile this man. I let him down. Right. And Anyway, they didn't know what to do, the disciples. They were fishermen, and most of them. And so they just went back to what they knew, right? And that's okay when you don't know what to do in life. Sometimes you just go back to what you know, wait until God tells you to do something different. So they're all fishing, and all of a sudden, this guy's on the shore. And, and they didn't recognize him yet, and he makes them some food and whatever. And, and then they figure out kind of who he is, and what's Peter do? Takes his clothes off and jumps in, right? He's all in. absolutely love this guy. And, and the scripture says that they had a meal together, and then afterwards this happened, this moment of reconciliation. It says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, and I can just, I can just see this, like, you know, Peter, his heart's beating, like, man, we got to talk about this thing that happened, right? And Jesus says, come on over here, Peter, me and you need to have a little sidebar. He said, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And what a question. Can you imagine if Jesus was like up here this morning standing physically next to me and said, hey, Rob, do you love me more than these people? That's kind of a loaded question, isn't it? Like, what's the right answer? I don't don't know how much they love you, but man, I love you. You know what I mean? So it's just interesting the way Jesus did this. But he said, do you love me more than these? And he said, yes, Lord. He didn't even doubt. He didn't didn't question. Yes, Lord. He said, you know I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I'm sorry, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And now a third time, a third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you were old, YOU WILL STRETCH OUT YOUR HANDS AND SOMEONE ELSE WILL DRESS YOU AND LEAD YOU WHERE YOU DON'T WANT TO GO. AND DO YOU SEE THE BEAUTY IN THIS THAT HOW MANY TIMES DID PETER DENY CHRIST? HOW MANY TIMES DID JESUS ASK HIM, DO YOU LOVE ME? I DON'T KNOW ABOUT YOU ALL, THAT JUST GIVES ME GOOSEBUMPS. LIKE BECAUSE JESUS DOESN'T GET INTO THE PAST. DO YOU NOTICE THAT? AND YOU KNOW, YOU AND I, WE GET INTO THE PAST. How many of you remind Jesus often of your sin? How many of you feel like you're held back because of the choices you've made? How many of you feel like, well, because of this old thing in my life or this, this corner of my house that, that needs work, I can't be used by God? And you know, even in the story of the prodigal son, this isn't in my notes, but it's just it's the same principle. That when the son came home, even though he had wasted half of all of his father's inheritance... It says that the father was looking up, and this parable is one that Jesus told the father is God. And he saw the father. Come, or he saw the son coming down the road. He, this father kept an eye out for his son. And it says when he saw his son coming, he ran towards him. Yeah. Yeah. The only time in scripture you find that, that God ran. It's the only time. And he ran towards a young man who had wasted everything that he had been given, yeah. squandered it on women, alcohol, stuff, just just the world. And when he finally came to his senses and thought, maybe I'll just go back towards my father's house and be a servant, the father saw him coming and ran to him and embraced him. And as the son was trying to get words out of his mouth of, well, I, I'm, so, I'm sorry, and, no, no, son, you were dead, now you're alive. Yeah, come on. Come on. And I want you to know something this morning. This is for a bunch of people that you've been reminding God of the things you've done. You're living in the past when God says, you know what, I told you in my scripture that that that's as far as the east is from the west. I throw your sins into a sea of forgetfulness. Only God can do that, right? Does anybody need total forgiveness this morning? I mean, give me your hands, like total freedom. Does anybody have old things in their heart and in their mind that they want gone, that you remind God of? Do you want a restoration in your life? You know what's so cool all you have to do is say come on in i remember being a little guy i uh i had a relationship with god even though we didn't go to church i just always felt his presence and felt he was near and i would talk to him often and i remember at one point i told him i said god my heart's like my piggy bank i've got a key for it i hide that key so other people can't get into it but i want to give you the key to my heart i remember telling him i want i want you to be able to come into my heart anytime you want and you look around And if you find anything you don't like, take care of it. And you know what, if we have that kind of an attitude, God will take care of everything, right? I've even prayed the prayer before, God, if there's something in there that isn't good, embarrass me, I don't care, right? Amen, come on, like how bad do we want it, right? And so Peter and Jesus had this moment, and at the end of that, when Jesus told Peter, when you're older, you're gonna stretch out your arms, people are gonna do it, he's actually for Telling what happened to Peter later in his life. Now you remember he denied him three times, right? He was ashamed Later in his life Peter was crucified for his faith and when he was crucified he asked that he be turned upside down and Crucified upside down because he wasn't worthy to be crucified like his Savior Do You see what restoration does now if Jesus would have given him guilt and shame and and reminded him of everything that he had done. Would, would Peter have probably been in that spot? No. But God, man, he restores. He restores. Amen. Amen. I want to I want to jump into one more on, on, on Joseph. But before I tell you a story about a, a gal I know, but Joseph and 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 Reggie talked about Joseph last week, and it was a trip, right? Like Joseph had a life, right? Like he had a life, and he was chosen by God to do some wonderful things, and. And his his brothers obviously treated him very poorly um it's not a good idea to sell your brothers into slavery so any children in here as much as you dislike your brother or sister it's never a good idea because it will come back to get you god has a plan right i have two younger sisters and if they could get the mic i would be in trouble it would be be bad it'd be bad but what i want to focus on is the end of the story of, of when When Joseph, so all these bad things happened, right? Obviously, he kind of bragging about his coat and his dream and all the stuff that was going on. And the dudes sold him into slavery. And then the whole thing with Potiphar's wife. And then, then he was in prison for a bunch of years. And then he had a chance to get out. And then they forgot about him. And he was in there for a bunch more years. But then he finally gets out. And he rises to this level of second in command in Egypt. And it comes to this moment of restoration with his brothers. And in Genesis 45, it says this. So his brothers are before him. This is just wild. When Joseph could no longer control himself, before all his attendants, he cried out, have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. So here he was, him and his brothers, and he wept loudly, so loudly, that the Egyptians heard him. And Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, so here's the moment, I am Joseph can you imagine that moment like you play this out like you really did somebody wrong and you don't know who they are but maybe they kind of wonder like who is this dude he kind of looks familiar i kind of recognize his eyes but that moment when, when he says I, I, i'm joseph and all of a sudden in their minds they go back many 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 years and go oh no Oh, oh no like oh this is not probably going to be good right like we we beat this dude up. It's our brother. We sold him into slavery, and now he's like the second of command of Egypt. Like our heads are going to be on the ground. That's what you're thinking is going to happen, probably, right? And he says, "I am Joseph." He says, "Is my father still living?" But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. That's a good thing with your siblings too, isn't it? I remember my mom used to send my youngest sister, she's 10 years younger, to come wake me up. She tells me stories of walking down the stairs. I was in the basement, no windows. This was not, this whole farmhouse was not code. This was not technically a basement or a, a bedroom, right? No way out in the case of fire. Maybe that's why they put me there, I don't know. But my mom would send her downstairs at, you know, she's 10 years younger. So let's say I'm 16, right? So she's six years old. Marching down the stairs to go wake up her older brother. And I'll never forget, like she would open the door and I would yell. And she would run and scream up those stairs so fast, right? Like it's good when you can have your your siblings petrified of you. Anybody else? Oh, come on. How How many firstborns in here? Yeah, baby. We rule the roost. But they were terrified of his presence. And then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. And they're thinking this is it man our number is up and when they had done so he said I am your brother Joseph the one you sold into Egypt and now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me out of you for two years now there have been a famine in the land and for the next five years there will be no plowing and reaping but God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by great deliverance. So then, Joseph said to his brothers, who I'm sure everybody in the room is weeping now, so then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord lord of this entire household and ruler of all of Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and tell him, Is that, is that a story of restoration? And here's the thing I want you to know is that those brothers didn't deserve the restoration, did they? They wronged him, man. I mean, you can't do much worse than wronging your family, right? And I don't know what your story is, but I, I doubt it's as bad as Joseph's. I, I, I doubt that you've been... I mean, I don't know. There's some pretty, there's some pretty interesting stories, I'm sure. But let's just, let's just say, I bet it's not quite as bad as getting, getting beat up and sold into slavery and thrown in a pit and, and then being accused of, of, of raping somebody and then thrown in prison and forgotten. And then at the end of that, you say, you know what? But God. Because I want to tell you this morning, no matter what your story is, God has a plan. No matter what you've done, no matter what somebody's done to you, God's got a plan you believe me? Do you believe his word? Because the only thing you got to do, the only thing you got to do is say, yes, God. That's it. He's the master carpenter. He's the one, you don't, know, you don't need to know how to fix the stuff. Right? You, you, you don't need to know how to do all the electrical and all the plumbing and all the stuff to fix the stuff in your life. All you have to do is say, here's the key to my front door. Right here, the heart. Here's the key. God, you have it. I always want you to fix the stuff in here. And then sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it gets dirty, right? We've done enough remodels. Now we've done three of them. My wife says, no more. Because there's dust everywhere. But I said, baby, to get progress, you got to get dirty. Amen? And the same thing spiritually. Sometimes God says, you know what? Man, we're going to uncover some stuff. And it might get a little dirty. We're going to deal with that. We're just going to pray. We're going to spend some time here when we're done in about, I don't like clock's not even running. So I think they tell me I'm done. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm done. Am I done? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Let me tell you a story. I have permission to, uh, to share this. It's a, it's a pretty cool, it's a lady I met years ago. Um, I think we've got a picture of her and her son right here. It, she was, uh, um, her name's Cynthia. And uh, and, and it's just a cool restoration story. And uh, anyway, she was one of six children who grew up in the the late 60s, early 70s, in a home where her mom and dad were, unfortunately, heavy drinkers. Um, Her parents ended up getting a divorce, and at the age of 16, she had a baby. She tells me that uh, it was intentional that she had this baby because she wanted someone to love and someone to love her back. And uh, she ended up marrying the father of that child but found herself once again in an extremely unhealthy situation. That marriage ended and now this young single mom, um, early 70s, mid 70s now, was on her own trying to raise a child. She lived with friends and family and small apartments and bounced around a bit, worked multiple jobs just to try and support her and her child. She tells me that one day, she was simply overwhelmed with her situation and cried out to God and asked him if he's real. She said, God, if you're real, I need to know. She told me at that very moment as she was, I believe maybe on the floor in the kitchen, she said she heard a knock at the door. And uh, it was two college girls that were out witnessing, talking about Jesus. And they, they, she invited them in and they told her that Jesus loved her. And this kind of began a faith journey for her, right? It's hard to ignore God doing stuff like that, amen? And um, um, Cynthia's son, she tells me, would often cry himself to sleep at night wanting a father and praying to God for a father to come into his life. You know, every little boy, every little girl needs a mom and a dad, right? Or a mother figure, a father figure in their life, right? And that's just the way god made us and and she told me this little guy would cry himself to sleep at night just praying for a dad you know one day cynthia met william and they began to date most people would likely she tells me would run from this ready-made family there's some pretty good country songs about this stuff right there really is man if i could sing one i would maybe i could now i don't know but most people would run away from this ready-made family but not william You see, William fell in love with them, and they soon married. But William had his own story. As a teenager, his father was killed in a farming accident. And at a very young age, he had to assume the father role with the farm and with four younger siblings. So this young man who had his childhood cut short was now a father. He had become the father to a boy who didn't have a father much like himself. Within a few years, the entire family began to attend an awesome church. And they said that they all received the Lord about the same time. he went on, Cynthia and, and William went on to have two additional children. And, and today, um, they're all in ministry. Cynthia, William, and their son are in ministry and God restored that family. Wow. And I think I got a picture of, of, of the boy and his dad. Yeah, that's my mom and dad. And I'll tell you what, if you think God can't restore a broken situation, just look at my life because I know I'm nobody special, but God loves people. Amen? God took a young lady in a broken home with alcoholism, divorce, all sorts of stuff, all sorts of stuff. And the little guy that was hyperactive, they had me on Ritalin and I had, they told me I had learning disabilities and all sorts of stuff. But I had a mama that prayed. Yeah. Right? Said I wouldn't walk. All sorts of stuff. But I'll tell you what, God's a God that restores. Yeah. All God wants is your heart. Right. You know, the interesting thing to me is the only thing that God can't do is violate your free will. You hear me? The only thing God can't or won't do is violate your free will. So all you have to do if you want restoration, and here's the secret, the answer to the test, everybody needs restoration. Right? I've got a house that's 7 years old. We bought it new. It's there's things I need to do now already. Right? Life happens. How many of you know as you get older your body gets older? I mean, I had people tell me that, like, well, when you hit this age, you know, whatever. And now, I get out of bed in the morning wondering what I did yesterday. Why is my knee sore? I didn't do anything. We need restoration, but spiritually, we need restoration. So, whether you're in this place and you've been serving God for your entire life, there's still things that God wants to do. He refines things, right? They might not be quite as big. They, they may not be the big remodel projects that, that, that are the big wow factors and for some reason we like the wow factors like i'm a country kid i like driving gravel roads and i'll drive by and see an old farmhouse that's completely dilapidated and it's like man that thing is past its years right the interesting thing is some people look at that and go that's got potential yeah. and we like that spiritually we, we like those big testimony stories too don't we the drug user, the prostitute, the whatever. And God does that. I mean, that's not hard for him at all, right? But we forget about those that are already serving Christ and those of us that have been walking with him for a while. And God says, you think I'm done with you? Come on. You want to stay like that? Like, hey, listen, man, that carpet's getting old. Man, it's been there a while. It's a little musty. Why don't we put some nice hardwood in there? Right? Why don't we update those, those lights to LEDs? Why don't, we, why don't we do this in your life? Hey, guess what? you used to you know like you're really good in this way but now i want you to i want you like stretching your giving and you all thought money when i said it but maybe just your time i want you to use your talents now i want you to take what i've taught you and now teach somebody else come on right so god wants to do a restoration and i just i mean it from the bottom of my heart if god can do it in my life then he can do it in your life and we all got a story don't we Every one of us, man, if I could hand the mic off, we'd be here for weeks. Everybody's got a story of what God can do. But I want to tell you, today's your day. Today's your day. This is your moment, your moment of restoration. If you could stand with me a minute. I want to give you five things. Really simple. If you're taking notes, write these down. But here's how you begin the process of restoration. Number one, you surrender. You admit that you need a change. Just surrender, just admit it. Admit it, you know? It's like that thing in your house, you know? It's funny, you get used to things in your house. Like, you ever go to someone else's house and you notice the dust bunny in the corner? But then you don't notice your own? Right? It's one of those things that just admit there's issues. Like, yeah, there's some things. Would everybody in here say, yeah, there's probably some things? Give me a give me show of hands. Come on, we're going to actually move a little bit. There we go. Help the brother out. There's some things. Just surrender. Admit you need change. Submit to God's process. Embrace the remodel. Give him the keys, right? That's all one point. Submit to, to, submit to God's process. You know, you don't have to be the master carpenter. You don't have to be the master emotional healer. You don't have to be that person, but God can. And sometimes God will tell you to do things. I remember shortly after I, I, uh, I, I walked away from God for a few years in 96 where he came into my life. I was a stupid teenager. You got any stupid teenagers in here? No, you guys are smarter. Than, no, you're not stupid. You're awesome. Just sometimes you got to figure it out. And I came back to Christ and he told me to write a letter to somebody. And it was hard. Somebody I had wronged. And you know that was part of that remodel process, Right? Sometimes you got to do something. I wrote a letter and I never heard anything back from the guy. But I said what I had to say and asked for forgiveness. Number three, be willing to wrestle through a few things. (laughs) Refuse to go back and quit. Be willing to wrestle through a few things. How many of you have seen some victories in your life with God? Did you have to wrestle a bit? You remember the story with Jacob, right? That whole thing like, just don't let go, guys. You never know when it's done. You never know like you're right there. Don't let go, right? I remember telling God once, I might have shared this with you, but I remember telling God once, why is it that I have to get to the end of my rope before you show up? And I can't hang on anymore. And he very, very clearly told me, let go sooner. Come on. Sometimes you got to let go and sometimes you got to fight it out. You got to know when to when to do it number four begin to walk into the beautiful future that god has for you you need to begin to see the blessing that god has for you in your life you see god wants to bless you sometimes we got christians walking around and it's like you know walking through mud like it's just where well, i'm a christian man that's just what it is i'm trudging through life no no god's got better things for you and you got to see it how many of you get excited when you buy something new yeah when you get a new remodel When well, you get a new life And God says, today, my mercies are new every morning. It's new. So guess what? You should be excited this morning. I see a lot of tears, and the tears are tears of joy, right? Because what God's done in here, right? Get excited. Start seeing it. Don't live like you're under oppression. You serve the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he will bless you. Amen. So let him. And let other people, something God had to do with me, He said, listen, when somebody wants to bless you, let them. Because I had this, I don't know if it was false humility or what it was, but I was just like, no, I got it. I don't, know. thank you. I, I don't want that gift. I don't want that. And God said, you're taking, you're taking something away from them that I want them to do. You receive it and be quiet. Yes, sir. And number five, remember to thank Him and tell others what He's done. The power of a testimony, right? Don't you keep what God's done in your life and the, and the thing he's brought you through. Don't you keep that to yourself. I had a young lady last night tell me she gave her life to Christ. And I said, now you got to tell people. Don't you keep that in. You call people, you tell people, you, you make that public right now. And she did. And as believers, after we've been serving him a while, we need to tell our testimonies, right? Oh, thank you, Jesus. We mess things up and Jesus restores them. When he sees you and me, he sees the final product, what you will become, your full purpose. When he sees you and me, he sees that design that was all done and it's beautiful. We still see the stuff, but he sees you as that. Isn't that awesome? He looks at you and says, man, I love you so much. So many times in my life when I feel like I mess up, I feel like he says to me, you're my boy. And I wanna tell you that this morning. You're his boy, you're his girl. There's nothing you can do to separate you from the love of Christ, amen? Amen. And he wants to restore things in your life. Let's close our eyes, I just wanna pray two scriptures over you this morning before we get out of here. The first one comes out of Psalms 51, and it says, restore to me, restore. Bring back, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Jesus, I pray that you restore the joy of our salvation this morning. God, take us back to that spot when we just made that decision and said, Jesus, I choose you. Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to take everything that I have. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Bring us back. Never let us forget the joy of our salvation. And Lord, uphold us in your generous spirit. God, you're not stingy in anything that you do. You are over the top, overflowing, generous. And God, in 1 Peter 5, it says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you had suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. God, I pray for everyone in the church today and everyone online that you would restore us, make us strong, firm, and steadfast. God, in all that we're going through and all that needs restored, all that needs repaired, may we stand strong, firm, and steadfast. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at myeternitychurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.